Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Mangalam Gurudevaya Devye Matriksha Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Brindebhyo Sarvalokaya Mangalam Om Stapakaya Chadarmasya Sarvadharma Sarupine Avatara Varishtaya Ramakrishnaya Mangalam Om Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Deva Mahishwara, Guru Reva Param Brahman, Tasmai Sri, Guru Venamaha. So where were we? What happened last week? Yeah. Be comfortable. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, a div- that's right. Okay, that's where we left. It was so blissful. Yeah, so, yes, it was apparent, yes. So what happened was uh, uh, um, uh, 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 Vishnu was an aspect of himself, as we, uh, or which is for all of his aspects, both meanings were there in that verse. Bhagavad Anga, I think, was the term. Entered first the mind of Vasudeva, right, and it says that he shone like the sun. He was so bright and so spectacular that it was hard to look at. And that term for look at also means hard to comprehend, hard to understand, right? hard to see, and but hard not to look at. It was so glorious you couldn't look, right? Because of course, what is that nature of that absolute? It's both we can't comprehend it, but we have to keep. We can't look away from it. Also, you know, we have that that's our orientation. And then he, through his mind, he implanted or inserted or how to, how to, we use a term. I forget the. I don't have the Sanskrit in front of me this time um, for that those verses. But it was a term for uh, similar to diksha. We use that example of diksha that that entered the mind or entered the body, entered the heart of Bindevaki. And Devaki was described as shining like the moon, tall beauty, right? And so we we gave, we gave a little bit that there has to be that first that Vishnu is described in the body of of Vasudev as shining like the sun, and then the body of Devaki is shining like the moon. And if we were to take a little bit of symbolic symbolic uh, interpretation, sun and moon are, uh, are, there's also the Ida and Pingala, and these are also related to masculine and feminine. So it's interesting that in the masculine body, it was like the sun, in the feminine body, it's like the moon. And whenever there's, and in yoga, we have the Ida and Pingala, the, the masculine current and feminine current, the sun current, the Ha and Tam, Hum and Tam in Hatha Yoga, right? Uh, when they are balanced, uh, um, only when they're ba- only when they're balanced and not fighting each other, and that we do that through many methods, pranayama and other things, uh, then something a third option comes, a third current comes, right? That uh, that is uh, shushumna, the shushumna, the central current, where the kundalini then arises. Usually, the, kund- the radiating energy of kundalini is either moving through ida or pingala, but when com- when those are balanced, and something something unexpected can happen, that it moves in a different way. So this is some yogis have given a little bit this interpretation of this uh, these verses that it's uh, when Ida and Pingala or the masculine and feminine are balanced something mysterious happens right and that mysterious thing happened is that awakening of the, of the supreme consciousness is Bhagavan Krishna Vishnu um, 
And so in the other uh, six avatars, uh, six uh, births of, uh, of Devaki or pregnancies of Devaki, uh, they were, uh, as far as we know, and we're not told otherwise, that they were conceived in the normal way, right? And then they were born, they were killed by, uh, by Kamsa. And we told a little bit last week of their backstory that they were some sons of, of an ancient they were cursed in a previous birth to be killed by who became Kamsa. Kamsa killed his own children in the next life. You know, that story goes. So, uh, and then the the seventh and eighth, that like was uh, Devi and uh, uh, um, Balaram, who was then uh, taken out by Mahamaya and put in the body of Rohini in Vrindavan. And then Vishnu took the eighth incarnate, the eighth pregnancy. Vishnu took took his residency. But here it's described, it's described as not in a sexual way, not the normal physical way. So the scriptures have different uh, names for that. Sometimes we use this term manasaputra, right? The mind-born uh, uh, son, the mind-born child. And it's said in the scripture that in Sattva Yuga, that all people were born in this manasa way, right? People had no body consciousness. And so children were born mentally, so the same, so it goes. Uh, 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 and then as the ages progressed or degressed, I guess is the way you're going to say it, degenerated, uh, as our consciousness, we no longer have that power to, to do like this, to simply invoke a soul and create the necessary atoms and the necessary biology to, to start it growing. Uh, 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 now it's done through uh, 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 sharing of biological processes and the sharing of DNA uh, uh, strands, right? And so, um, but if we, t if we take the story, this is, uh, I can't say a virgin birth because she's had many children, right? But we call it a virgin, but the term virgin birth, and now I think in, in theological terms, they use immaculate conception. So that's, that's independent of, virgin, of virginity, right? It means that it was not, it was, it was, it was um, uh, uh, conceived without the normal sexual physical contact. So, in one sense, that's an, that's a physical impossible. That's a biological and chemical impossibility, right? <laughs> Nowadays, not because that you can do. That's right. Now there is artificial insemination type of stuff. But the normal understanding that it's somehow another just by transfer, uh, uh, like this, of a soul, right, from one body to another. So, but we find that the stories go, and and maybe they were doing an artificial insemination five thousand years ago. I have my doubts personally. Despite what you hear on the fake history channel, <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, 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 I think that's a, a mis slight misreading of, of traditional stories. Um, but it's interesting that everything mm. they describe mm -hmm. can now be done. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. Yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. So could have been, yeah, it could have been actually. My, our Guruji one time told me. He says, when I was a child, when I was young, I'd read in the in the, in the Ramayana that Rama got into a airplane and flew to Lanka, right? And he says, actually, that's that's an impossibility. There's no such thing. At that time, when he was ten, there was no planes. N now he flew uh, eleven times to America in a giant airplane. You know, not a flower airplane, right? <laughs> Run by mantras, but still an airplane. You know, uh, 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 so he's saying that that. Uh, uh, but that's he didn't he didn't equate them with exactly the same thing, right? But the, uh, one's a s describing a spiritual reality and spiritual in, in the world of symbolism, uh, 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 and one's you know. But but he said he said that I, I could even conceive of it. Now I can think of it. I can think I can look at that. But what happens? What, what what we tend to do now is we see well we have airplanes now, 
Therefore, when, they, when ancient texts describe people flying in the air, it must be in an airplane, right? But although, and so we translate that word as airplane, although the word doesn't mean airplane, mm-hmm. right? So you're, you're, you're looking back at, you're looking back and, and, and with modern uh, 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 standards at ancient stories, right? And I think there's some danger in that also, because that's not the people who wrote those stories, understood those stories, probably didn't understand them in the same way as we would. They don't use the words the same way we use the words, right? A, a, a flower chariot. Okay, that makes sense. Blue Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I one time we called Sami Omananda, our sannyas guru, uh, uh, and now he has a cell phone. Our, guru, our, our guruji didn't. Uh, he never allowed a phone at the ashram. Right, so that was that was too much, too modern at the time. Right, already so much had come. We'd argue. It's like we already have we have a water heater, we have a refrigerator, we have a you know it's like why not? It's like no, 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 he didn't he didn't allow. So in his, during his life there was never a phone and there was no cell phones, not common cell phones at the time. But now we have a cell phone. You know, actually we have ten kids. We have ten cell phones. <laughs> All the kids have some version of a cell phone. Some of them work. Some of them don't. I mean, the older ones I think actually <laughs> get the connection. But they all have they something. They rebuild them. <laughs> they re- yeah, they rebuild them. So, um, uh, so I one time called and says, "Oh, just say Guruji, we're uh, uh, we're having uh, satsang, uh, you know, ten thousand miles distance, right?" And there was a little silence, and he took the opportunity. He says, "Yes, in ancient times, yogis could do that too, and so we're taking advantage of that, right? We don't have to do. It was very hard, though. It would take many, many years of austerity to get the ability to talk like that over long distances." Right, he says, now we don't have to do that. We can just make a phone. We're actually benefiting. He told me one time we're benefiting from somebody else's austerity. A scientist thought how to do this, and now we can do it. Right, each person trying to figure out getting the psychic ability to know to d- develop to do it. So, by when we hear of ancient stories of yogis communicating over long distances, it doesn't mean that they had cell phone technology. Right, it means that they had cities. It's not the same thing. You know, we now interpret since we don't believe in cities, there must have been cell phone technology. We don't believe in flying airplanes, so it must have been aliens or I mean, UFOs, or it must have been airplanes, right? We superimpose something since that since that since that stuff didn't exist, that we, we use what we have now and we superimpose it on that. So he, anyway, he says yes. So we, we can also benefit, right? We shouldn't misuse, right? We're been, without having to do all that tremendous work, right, to get the ability to communicate over thousand, ten thousand miles, right? We can just we still have to do some work. We have to pay a bill. <laughs> How many hours? $100 a month to, to use the thing. That's 10 hours minimum work, you know, before taxes. Uh, <laughs> so it's a different thing. We still have to do austerity to, to do the work, right? Um, but yeah, so it's... Anyway, so, so similarly, with when we, when we read these things, I think it's a little bit of... Well, we can do similar things, but we're not doing the same thing. We're not actually invoking... Uh, uh, because we have the ability to uh, artificially inseminate uh, uh, or to take an uh, embryo out of one body and put it in another body uh, through modern medicine, the modern technique, Jayama Jayama. Uh, um, I don't think it's uh, uh, what's being described here isn't that. We can do something similar to that, and that's pretty amazing actually, or I think amazing. We'll take it as amazing. Mm. Well, one time, Guruji Omanan was mm. talking about the same thing with the cell phones mm. versus the ancient. Mm-hmm. He says, as science. Mm-hmm. We learn to do this technologically. Mm-hmm. 
the old knowledge is lost mm -hmm. of how to do it. We don't, because we yes. don't, you said we don't need to yes, do that yes. austerity. So all those old ways yes, of doing yes. it becomes, our, way, our brains get weaker. We yeah. like he used the example of a calculator. Yes. You, you wish to be able, even one generation ago, you could do these things in your head. Now we don't need to, so kids can't. They need the calculator to do simple arithmetic. Even we don't remember each other's phone numbers. Anymore. We don't have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, we lose the ability. No, it's it, that's an interesting. That's an interesting thing. We we can do these things technologically. We lose the ability to do them spiritually. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's a great. Uh, 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 so, anyways, actually, this is interesting. I was thinking a lot about this virgin birth business, or the immaculate conception business, because. This is not the only story. This story, the idea of a virgin birth or immaculate conception, is in every religion, and throughout so many places in the in Bhagavatam, Mahabharata, such such things are described. Buddha said, "How was Buddha supposed to be born?" Of course, Buddha had um, uh, so Buddha uh, says that an elephant came and entered his uh, the mother's uh, womb, right? Uh, so uh, that that's the not to the normal way, and uh, the spirit, a giant elephant came and entered the womb. And then he wasn't born through the normal way. He was born out of this out of her side, right? Of course, the most famous one in our culture is that of Jesus and, uh, and uh, uh, angelic or divine visitation of Mary, and the announcement like that, and her feeling that oh my God, she's she seems to be pregnant, even though she doesn't know a man, as per this traditional story. Um, uh, 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 and then you have Isis and. Uh, Cyrus, same story, story after story, these stories are there. Um, so I was thinking, I remember back in the early days when I was reading a little wider reading interest, I, was, I remember one quote from Joseph Campbell about the thing, that he, he uh, as an academic looking at these stories, you see patterns in all the different cultures, right? And the quote I remembered, I looked. Before I could, I used before, in the early days. I could remember the quote, <laughs> guaranteed. I couldn't remember now it every day. Now I just googled whatever line I could remember, kind of from the quote, and I got the full quote. <laughs> so the virgin birth has nothing to do with a biological accident, right? He says it symbolizes instead the awakening of spiritual life in a human animal. It's a mythic symbol. It is not to be read finally as a historical fact. All mythology is misread when it is read as referring to historical events or geographical places. The promised land is not a piece of land to be conquered by military might. It is a, it is a condition of the heart. So he says that also that spiritual birth means Jai Ma! By this virgin birth means it's not, a, it's not a physical birth. Right? So it's like it's very, the very, the very details of it it's not a, it's saying it's not a physical birth so we ter interpret it as a physical birth then we can see I mean people um, um, uh, hundreds of millions of people believe it's a physical birth right okay that's no problem but you're missing uh, Campbell claimed that we're missing a huge um, uh, 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 the real meaning of it right we missed the main meaning of it then he gives and then in, in that search and I found an interview a phone interview somebody had with him um, along the same topic, he's talking uh, in his when he, he was when he was teaching at Sire Lawrence Sire Lawrence College that was called Sire Lawrence College, famous. And um, he says in his his students, he was given a class on comparative mythology, right? And um, he was uh, and most of the people in his class in that that particular college was mostly Jewish people, and of course some Jews, some there were a few Zoroastrians, he said, a few Buddhists, a few Hindus like that, um, uh, Parsis like that. he says that the Hindus and the Buddhists had not made much problem with these stories. Right, but uh, some of the others had a little more of a thing, because 
they accept them. This is this is a, an article of faith, right? If it's not true, if 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 Jesus wasn't born of the virgin birth and didn't resurrect after three days after he died, right? Then there's no salvation. If it didn't happen, we're not saved. And if you don't believe, and if it did happen and we don't believe it, then we're not saved, right? And if we're not saved, the other option is really bad, right? You know, so it's like it's like we're not giving much much leeway to even think about it uh, objectively, right? Spiritually, either historic, either uh, critically. Right, uh, cynically or critically, right, uh, but also, but or even metaphysically, right? Because because if, if you if you because even thinking of it metaphysically, symbolically, uh, metaphorically, then well maybe that's that, that's enough doubt that we, we, we miss we miss the, the the train the boat right, our ticket <laughs> stamped invalid, <laughs> right? So there's a danger. So he says as he's talking to the to, he says when we find it. All I did was point out the parallels and identities all over the place, right? Like things we believe, well, this is happening, I mean, it, there are th- hundreds of stories that say the exact same thing, right? Says, you see, when there's a motif such as that of the virgin birth, which occurs in American Indian mythologies, in Greek mythology, and so on, it becomes obvious that the virgin birth could not have referred to historical event. It is a spiritual event that refer- that I- that's referred to, even in the Christian tradition. One after another, these motifs became spiritualized instead of historicalized. And the interesting thing is that instead of a person losing her religion, she gained it, and became a, it became religion instead of misleading theory. Right. So uh, uh, it's very hard because I mean I mean it's I, I'm not also I'm not saying the virgin birth didn't happen. <laughs> That's at one point like that, you know, and, and I'm not saying that Krishna was not born this way, right? You know, it's like because we uh, but. Not, but uh, when we first started the tenth, skund- the tenth skanda, we went a lot into how we to interpret Krishna. If we interpret purely hist- purely historical, we we, we, we uh, things begin to fall apart. If we understand, it's it's we're talking about God. We're talking about spiritual reality, spir- uh, 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 and spiritual realizations uh, uh, that happened of, of ancient sages that have passed down for our benefit to think about and to get the same experiences. Right, uh, uh. Uh-huh. We, we use this term that it's more some of the, these stories they're, what, what, what is it Tripura Maharaj uses the term meta meta narratives right you know they're more real than history right they're not exactly historic they're not that they didn't happen and they may refer to historical events but those historical events we can't know exactly what happened all we know is what's in books right and you know and, and how do you trust what's in the book it's cause we know what happened because the book says so how do we know it's true because the book because the book says because the book says it's true how do you know the book's true? Because the book says it's true. So within within two steps or three steps maximum, we get to a circular argument, which loses its authority, right? And as and there's another principle in Sanskrit uh, debate that it, if once you accept, well, the book says it. Well, the, well now you've accepted uh, 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 literary authority. Once you do that, you have to accept other literary authority. This book says something different, <laughs> right? What are you going to do, right? The, the, well, no, this, this is we accept this is this book was given by God as it is, and it says it happened. Well, the Quran was also given by God, as it is. If you accept one, you have to, why not well, accept the other? And it says the virgin birth didn't happen. Right? It also tells the story of Jesus, and, and the resurrection didn't happen. Right? You know, so, uh, it, it, a full story of Jesus and Mary are there, but not, the, not what we think, you know. So, which one, once you accept one, you have to accept, already by accepting one, within two, within two steps, you've got a circular argument, right? And once you've accepted, you've accepted that into evidence, 
then other things similar or other things that the book says have to be accepted into evidence and then you get more confusion right so it's so uh, 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 if you only accepted historic we're not saying it didn't historically but what historically happened we don't exactly know what we know is what the sages or the authors of the text handed down for us for our contemplation right so these are these are meant to be our meditation not necessarily an exact rep, uh, exact uh, description of historical events right all right uh, uh, there's a great quote I had to look up again because I don't my memory is gone uh, uh, Zimmer actually Joseph Campbell was a great fan of, uh, of uh, Henrik Zimmer he actually Henrik Zimmer wrote a book on Hindu mythology he actually only wrote the the uh, the outline and then he died right so Joseph Campbell just entered knew him so well taking his notes he wrote his book and his voice was his conclusion and the title it's by Henrik even though it's only from his notes he took the he said he understood his mind so well they were good friends also that he was able to write his book, but he, he, he says the best, the best things can't be told, the second best are misunderstood, and the third best have to do with history, right? So the, the, the highest things, the best things, they can't be described, they can't be shared, right? And the, when you take a step back, the next level, they could be misunderstood. And the third most mundane level is these are the details of history, right? Uh, uh, so anyways, so uh, not now that I've destroyed everybody's faith in the virgin birth, I shall reestablish everyone's faith in the virgin birth. Because a hundred and something years ago, it happened again. Or so we're told, right? In the birth of Sri Ramakrishna. Right? Sri Ramakrishna is also, we believe, has, uh, the story is told that he, has a, he had an a, a immaculate conception. Not a virgin birth because he had older brothers and a sister. Right? I think three older brothers and one sister who passed something like this, right? That's right. I know it's on page 108. Sri Ramakrishna is yes. born on page 108, in case you're wondering. In the book, it's 1,008 pages long. Uh, yes, without planning. Somebody didn't plan that as it happened. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. This is a book. So this book is written by Swami Shardananda, a direct disciple of Sri Ramakrishna, who did a lot of research by people who were there. People, he, he's not a direct... Some things he was directly saw and, or heard. Some things he directly saw and heard. Other things he heard Sri Ramakrishna describing. And other things he researched by uh, people who were still living at the time. So it's a pretty authoritative book, right? And Sri Ramakrishna's life is full of miraculous events also. And um, there's a book called Ramakrishna Punti. Punti? Sri Sri Ramakrishna Punti. Ramakrishna Punti. That's full, written by Akshoy Sen, is it? Akshoy Sen. Household of Disciples Sri Ramakrishna. That's full of ecstatic and myth. I mean, it leaves, it's like, take all the miracles in the Bhagavatam, all the miracles are mine, I put them together and add some Christianity and all, you get Sri Ramakrishna's daily life. It's full of miraculous things, right? And Swami Vivekananda said about this book, oh, everything, you should finish the book, it should be read in every village, right? But when he told Shardananda, when Shardananda was writing his book, Swami Vivekananda said, don't include any of these things. These fantastical stories, right? Uh, uh, miraculous stories, because it will not, it's not important, actually. In the villages, it's important. Right, but whether or not uh, 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 monkeys jumped out of the trees and talked to Sri Ramakrishna and told them where Ram Temple, you know, it's like these stories. They may, they actually may not help our faith in Sri Ramakrishna if we hear these things. Because what happens? We'll just make it. Uh, this is just they just mythologize the whole thing. We'll dismiss it as not historical fact. And the beautiful thing about Sri Ramakrishna, we have photographs of him. Right, we know he didn't resurrect. We have we saw pictures of his dead body. He was we know he was cremated. We can go visit his ashes. Right, uh, uh, there's no controversy about his birth, no controversy about his existence, no controversy about his death. Right, it's very clear. Right, it's not shrouded. But at the same time, the details we know, historical details, he's, we know he's a historical character. Right, but still, they verge on the mystical and therefore on things that can't be described scientifically or uh, historically. 
so uh, it's it when so in, as we tell the story of Sri Ramakrishna's mother, Chandra Chandra Devi, right? I'm trying to remember. She she was uh, um, in her four she was 45 or so, which is at that time even now probably, but at that time especially very dangerous for not common for to be to to, to, to give birth. Her husband Chudi Ram Sri Ramakrishna's father was away on pilgrimage, and when he was on pilgrimage, he he had a he he went to Bodh Gaya, uh, not Bodh Gaya, to Gaya. To do uh, pin, to do shraddha to offer uh, offerings to his ancestors. That's the way you go to do your ancestral uh, offerings. Um, and there he had a dream while he was sleeping, and he saw Gaya Vishnu, the form of Vishnu worshipped at Gaya. And on both sides of, of Gaya Vishnu, he saw um, uh, uh, all of his ancestors, all reciting Vedic prayers, right? And then he saw and Gaya Vishnu tells him, he says, "I'm going to be born in your house as your son." Right, and his first response is, "No, I'm very poor. I won't be able to serve you properly." Right, he says, "No, no, no problem. Whatever you feed me, I shall eat." Right, that was it. And then the dream broke. He says, "Well, maybe I don't know what that means." Right, but he had such a dream. When he came back from his pilgrimage, he met uh, uh, um, uh, his wife. His wife told him another something happened to her. A couple things happened to her. One I won't read. But he says, "I was I was laying in bed, and I felt that somebody was laying next to me." And I got scared and turned on the light, and there was nobody there, and the door was locked. I thought, oh, this is very so. All these things started happening to her, and she told some neighbors, she said, oh, you "Don't tell people; people are going to think you're crazy, right? You're already, you know, you're in your old age; you've gotten batty, right? Uh, I'm already, I'm that age, and I'm already a little batty." But, uh, uh, so uh, uh, it happens. <laughs> so it's not, it's not un- unheard of. <laughs> That's things, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, um, uh, uh, so then, she, and then he told another story. Let me find it. Uh, uh, another day, she told her husband, according what was told by told. You know exactly some of these details. How exactly Sharanana knew the exact details, we're not exactly sure. He claimed to have. He went and interviewed people, but this is nobody else was present during. Maybe they told somebody and went out and I wear Sri Ramakrishna told somebody. I don't know. Another day, I was standing in front of the Yogi Shiva Temple, just outside Sri Ramakrishna's house. There's a beautiful stone temple, and it was a beautiful, like a lingam, almost identical to the one we have here. That type of stone lingam, solid, called uh, Yogi Shiva, the Shiva of the Yogis, right? Or Shiva as a Yogi, Yogi Shiva Temple. And talking was Dani. Dani was her, her uh, a maid assistant. Suddenly, I saw a divine light emanating from the image of Shiva. It filled the temple and rushed towards me like a wave. Overwhelmed, I was about to tell Dani about it honey about it but suddenly the light engulfed me and entered my body stupefied with fear and wonder I fell unconscious later when I regained consciousness with Dani's help I told her my experiences at first she was amazed but then she said you had an epileptic fit right from then on I have I've had the feeling that that light is still in my womb and that I am pregnant when I mentioned this to Dani and Prasanna they scolded me and called me foolish mad and so on they explained to me that the feeling I was, that I was pregnant was either coming from a delusion or hypochondria, and they forbade me to disclose it to others. Well, what do you think of it? Did I have a vision of God, by God's grace, or was it hypochondria? I, even now, I feel that I am a child. Recalling his own dream, Adgayak, Shudiram, listened to Chandra's experience and assured her that they were not products of a disease. He said, Henceforth, do not speak about your visions or experiences to anyone except me. Do not worry. Know for certain that whatever Raghuvir, Raghuvir is Lord Ram, the deity of their home, shows you 
out of his mercy is for your good. While I was in Gaya, I, in a miraculous way, Gadadhar, Vishnu holding the club, revealed to me that, he would, that, that we would have another son. Chandra was heartened by this assurance of her godlike husband and did as he advised, depending fully on Raghuvir. Three or four months after this conversation, Shudaram, between Shudaram and Chandra, it became apparent to all that at the age of 45, Chandra had become pregnant again. When a woman becomes pregnant, invariably her beauty and grace increases. Jaima. This happened to Chandra also. So, so, but also this story, Jaima, Jaima. The story is um um uh, 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 and not only so we have the story of Sri Ramakrishna that it, like that, as as is presented, but also to Holy Mother. Holy Mother had a Holy Mother's had, mother had a similar. She went near a famous temple near her village, also a, no Vishnu temple, I believe. She had a temple, a Vishnu temple. I'm trying to remember. I remember. I, I can see the temple. I've been there once, once or twice. Uh, and her mother went into the forest a little bit to relieve herself and, and, and like that. And she saw some uh, a girl come out of a tree dressed in a red sari. And she oh, and he grabbed her like like oh like my you know, like my mother and grabbed her and absorbed into her and she fainted. And she also felt that I think I'm pregnant, right? So we have to. to so it, it it doesn't deny any physical contact, but it's showing. It's 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 trying to uh, 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 show that a spiritual. Uh, this is not a physical. It's not just. Of course, it was Sri Ramakrishna is unique because he we have he actually was born, right? We know he was born. Not saying that Krishna wasn't born and Buddha wasn't born and Jesus wasn't born, right? But uh, the details of their birth are 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 uh, controversial, <laughs> right? Uh, if taken if taken literally and and incredibly sublime if taken spiritually, right? So, anyways, we'll, I don't want to get to because there's a long introduction before we get to the verses. But it's important. It's very important uh, 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 because what does it mean for Bhagavan Krishna to Bhagavan Swayam? If Krishna is open opening verses of the Bhagavatam. Krishna is himself Bhagavan right so what is so what is Bhagavan Bhagavan is the absolute truth the essence of everything the controller of everything the source of everything the one being the only thing right how can that thing be born how can that one be born uh, and we, we opening mantra Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Vasudeva means Vasu means to spread it spread everywhere Deva means divine that, that universal absolute all-pervading undifferentiated being that's Vasudeva and Vasudeva is also the son of Vasudeva right Vasudeva becomes Vasudeva son of Vasudeva so that means so that same absolute infinite being also becomes takes birth as a son of somebody son of Vasudeva son of Devaki and uh, foster son of Yashoda and Nanda like this right so who he who um, uh, it's all that mystery this whole 18,000 verses we described before is, is considered a commentary on that one mantra, the term Vasudeva. What does it mean? How, how can the infinite become seemingly, can be, how can the infinite become finite? That's ultimately the mystery, right? And even the story of the Immaculate Conception and Virgin Birth, I think, hints at that uh, 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 mystery, the mystery of the incarnation, of uh, how the infinite becomes seemingly finite, how, it's, how that which is birthless the name of the name of one of Vishnu's name is that he was birthless and deathless right and yet we know he takes birth and then he also dies right so how this 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 uh, contradiction how does that how does that make sense so also in when Chandra Devi uh, Sri Ramakrishna's wife was the next verse which I stopped reading because it's a thousand 
it's also big and I keep reading the one so for, uh, we'll never get back to the Bible time the next thing that happened she says all, she began to have visions of all gods and goddesses coming to her and praying right? all kinds of gods some that she knew some she, ne- some she never recognized before little gods would come on chariots and, and, and offer prayers to her womb and go away Right, you know, so this is not normal. And she told her husband, "Is this real?" He said, "No, don't. Oh, they're auspicious. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> People misunderstand these things, right?" So this happened also. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, uh. In ancient times, also with Lord when Krishna's birth. What did it say? It says, "Brahma bhavas, Brahma bhavascha, tatraita muni bir nara adi bhi, Devi." Sanur Charita Charai Sakam Ghibhir Vrishanam Aidayam Brahma Bhava Cha Tatreya. So then arrived Wahu, Brahma, Lord Brahma, and Bhava. Bhava is the name for Shiva. So Brahma and Shiva arrived, right? Munibha, Munibhir, and all the Rishi, all the sages, right? Not not Adi, uh, big, uh, headed by Narada, Narada and the other rishis, right? So this is quite a nice thing. So now Brahma comes, Lord Shiva comes, Narada Muni comes, and all the rishis, uh, um, Devai, all the gods come, all devas come, and the commentaries just like that. Example: Varuna, Indra, you know that uh, 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 Vayu, the main the, the main devas we really think. Um, what is it? Sa Anuchayrai, along with their followers, or uh, their kind. These are also listed as Gandharvas, Siddhas, Apsaras. Uh, uh, In other words, I mean, everybody shows up. All the all the gods, the Mahadevas, the go- the devas, and uh, rishis, and all the subcategories, and everybody. So such an event, right? Uh, uh, and they all come. What are they? Ghirbir uh, Vrishanam uh, Adiyam. Adayam. Gibhir means they begin. Uh, 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 they begin to offer prayers, right? To also just like like Chandra Devi, she had the gods were offering prayers to whoever mysterious being who said in Gaia he's going to be born and who came out of the Shivaling. It's also mysterious. Who's Sri Ramakrishna's incarnation of Vishnu said he's going to be born and then he entered Shiva's light entered her. It's very mysterious. Swami, the other Swami Bhajananda, there's another very famous Bhajananda, very great saint at Ramakrishna at Belumat, he's one of the secretaries of Ramakrishna Mission. Uh, he says that, uh, uh, or is it an example of religious, to- religious tolerance even in the womb? To even the uh, Sri Ramakrishna came so much to destroy the sectarian differences, even from the womb itself is showing the unity of different traditions. But, anyways, uh, um, uh, uh, so then we, we spent a lot of time on this word Vrishanam, the name given to Vishnu. They came and they offered prayers to Vishnu. Uh, uh, Vrishanam. Vrishanam. The translators have all translated it. Uh, uh, several translators that I've found of this. I have three versions of this in English so far uh, available here. And they really translated the one who gives blessings or the one who gives boons, right? This Vrishanam has another thing. It's also the male organ. It's the, uh, 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 so it's that which is a generator and it, there's a meaning behind this also uh, it's also one who generates boons you know, so it's using this term but it's meant to be maybe you think about it, it's, it's considered it's still an impregnate impregnate impregnation even though it's miraculous right, through the m- mental right, so the image is still and also the sun and the moon it's, it's still giving this male and female 
symb uh, symbology there. Brahma Shiva, along with Narada and other sages and the devas and their followers, arrived there and spoke pleasing words to Vishnu, the grantor of boons, or whose name has a double meaning, right? What did they say? <coughs> this one we didn't even bother translating. The words are too... There's no way to put this into a... I have three translations, but none of them are... They're all trying to put into, uh, into sentences with just... just the word that's going to repeat it again and again is satya. Satya means the truth, right? You, as soon as they come, they say, "You are the truth, the supreme truth, the absolute truth. Nothing, you know, nothing but the truth, <laughs> right? You know, like uh, uh, so. It starts satya vratam, right? You are the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the vow of truth. Satya vrata, satya param. You are the supreme truth. Tri satyam. So three, three means three, three satyam. So we have to think, not the three truths, there's only one truth, right? What, are the three tr what do they mean by three truths? In Vedanta, what's true? Uh, well, you hear like, uh, like what Shankar, uh, famous Shankaracharya quotes a line. He, tell, he says, famous, famously, I shall tell you in half a verse what it said in all verses. That's a big statement, right? Uh, and he says, and then what he says in half a sloka, I shall tell you it's told in all mantras, in all verses of all the scriptures everywhere for all time. Right, it says that, uh, what is it, Brahma, what is it, Brahma Satya, Brahma Eva Satya, I forgot it already. I can't even remember half a verse. Google it quickly. It's very embarrassing, I know that verse. Our Guruji had it chiseled into marble and hung on our wall at the ashram. It's central in our wall. Now it's been covered with pictures of saints. So we've got... I think it's in there somewhere, but Brahma uh, uh, means that, that Brahman alone is Satya, is truth, right? Jagadhit and Jagadhit, uh, um, uh, and what about this world, right? This world is untrue, right? Brahma Satyam Jagan Mitya. Jagan, Jagasatya Jagan Mitya. Okay, the world Brahma is truth, Jagan. This world is not true, right? So that's a very simple thing. Well. What does it mean by not true? It's obviously true. I mean, it's my experience. How, what, do we, what does it mean by Ayambar Badahari? One time he says, when he says, it's not that the world's not true, but how true? It's not that it's not real, but how real? And so in Vedanta, there's this term satya has a qualification. We don't have this qualification. It means that which is, there's a, there's a sloka, which I don't remember. I blame it on Google. It says that uh, what's, what, what exists in the past, what exists in the present, what exists in the future, that is satya. That's, that's called truth or that's called existence, right? So very few things exist in the past, present, and future in three periods. Three satyam, here it says three satyam. Like for instance, like, like this beautiful garden, it exists, but in the, in the present. Not in the, it wasn't, this, this beautiful duni wasn't here a couple years ago. And after some time, it will, and we don't keep fixing it, it will also not cease to, it will also cease to be, right? We are, our bodies are here, right now they're here. In the past, they weren't here. In the future, they won't be here. Right, so not, even our every experience, every experience is not. There, some things are only exist in the past. Right, our memories are only in the past. <laughs> right, our expectations are only in the future. You know, nothing. What exists in all three? Say, almost actually, not almost nothing. Nothing. Right, what exists in, in all three periods of time? Nothing. Right, but here it says you exist in all periods of time. That also means if there's nothing exists, uh, he's not something. That's the virgin birth. Uh, meaning, right? It's like he's this is a spiritual reality. You are the spiritual, the unchanging reality that exists at all periods of time. Satya vrata satya, uh, where is it? satya vrata satya param tri satyam satasya 
satyasya yoni nihitam cha satye. In that previous word, the Svrishanam we described has a, 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 a meaning that, uh, as, a, as a progenerator, generator, as a male's uh, 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 organ. Here it says, you are satyasya yoni. You are the womb. Right, so it's also a sexual image, right? So it's still the the the, the union of uh, masculine and feminine in order for something to be born. But now you are the satya yoni. So satya yoni has interesting meaning. And you are ac- yoni could usually yoni is in these type of poetic verses is not the actual organ, but and, and uh, 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 but it, it's it's meant more like womb, and not just womb, but what does womb mean? Source. Right, where we the source of everything, right? From what everything comes gives birth, right? We, you know that's the sources, our sources who gave us birth, right? So you are the source of satya, right? So you are the 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 generator of satya, and you are the source of, of satya, and satya. Uh, what is it? It says uh, satyasya, satyasya yoni nihitam. Nihitam means entered or deposited. We spent a lot of time trying to understand this word. It's not clear. There's very little. How to put this in sentences is hard. I think he says each word is that to be thought of. Mean so another so you you are the truth. You are the truth, right? You are the source of truth, and you've put the truth into the source of truth to generate the truth. I don't know how you <laughs> and then there's this term. Sat, sat, there's a, a, a footnote in Swami, uh, uh, the, the, the translation of the Bhagavatam by uh, Gita Press has. Um, pulls this apart. It says that here Satya, sometimes Satya is considered, Satya means truth, Satya means um, a, a devotee, Satya means, according to use, right, and, 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 and context, Satya means a saint, Satya means a good person, Satya means existence, Satya uh, means a present, Satya means uh, 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 the opposite of a falsehood, that's a different than the, the truth, it means, that's, it means truth, speaking the truth, not telling me the truth, and Satya also means uh, th- this world. Exist so that such a means a reality. The, the the this is also the truth, right? The thing we just said isn't true. This is also the truth, right? Dark spirit, this, uh, and so there is his uh, sat and uh, uh, maybe I scribbled it down. You did, I think. did I? Where? Uh, you broke it. Such a maybe I didn't. Oh, here it is. Yeah. So sat and there's a uh, reference. Sat means earth and water. And, fi- uh, 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 and fire and tiat means air and ether, right? It's given like that. So earth, fire, air, and e- earth, fire, water, air, ether, which means the five elements, right? These are very changing. They're not permanent, right? But you are such a meaning. You are the womb. Within this womb, this womb is pakriti. You are pakriti. You are that which is generated from pakriti, which is also truth in one sense, right? Coming from like that, right? So satya vratam, satya param, trisatyam, tas. Satyasya yoni nihitam cha satye. Satyasa satyam. A lot of satyas. Satyasa satyam. Rita satya netrayam. Netram. Netram means eyes. What are you? So your two eyes, right? Rita and satya. So satya we know. We've probably not know, but we've said it the last 40 times in the last two, three minutes. Ritam is, an, is a very old Vedic word for satya. Or for dharma, it's a pre-word. Before the word satya became used, we use ritam. Before the word dharma was used, you have ritam, right? And in the hymn to Sri Ramakrishna, Om Hrim Ritam, Tamachalo, you are the one that's re- referred to as Om, which is Brahman, as Hrim, which is Shakti, and Ritam, which is truth unchanging, 
right? So that same this is also a very old, old word for for for. Uh, it's a uh, truth unchanging, but it's also ritamosa means we. I think we get the word rhythm from it, right? There's a cognate word for that. It's the it's the the the, the way things are, ritam. Right, it's also the truth. That's another thing. The truth of the, the the dharma is the way things are, the way things are supposed to be. Right, it's it's the rit, it's it's ritam for somebody to be born, to grow old and die. Right, that's that uh, that's its nature. That's the nature of a body. Right, it's the nature of the soul not to be born, grow old and die, to be unchanging. Right, so the suchim is a very it's a very um um uh, uh, big idea. Uh, so he says that you are. You are uh, uh, that that ritam, and your 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 two eyes are ritta and satya. Very nice. Tvam sharanam prapanaha. To you, that you who are the vow of truth, the supreme truth, the truth in all three times, the womb of truth, the source of truth, the one that's been impregnated by truth. The, ex- the true existence, the uh, uh, the the uh, uh, satyam, whose two eyes are ritam sittam, satya atma. Oh, also satya atmat, uh, satya atmakam. You are the very atma. Of course, atma means so many things, right? Atma here. I mean, you are the the very uh, essence. You're the, the the very essence of all truth, right? Right. To you, we've come, sharanam, for shelter. We've come to you. We come to. We bow to you for shelter. So, th- what is being "quote unquote" born? That which doesn't. It's basically saying the one that doesn't change, the one that's everything, the one that's the world, the one that's the, that's the changing world, the what's not the changing world. Everything is such a. You know, you are such a. It's a very big idea. So it's like we say, "Oh, Krishna is born," and then so now we say, "Oh, what Swamiji says." Swami doesn't think Krishna was 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 historically born. I'm not saying Thamaji or Thamaji was not uh, 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 that the miraculous conception, like he's denying, he's dismissing it as mythology. I'm not dismissing. It's bigger than it's bigger than conception, right? You know, it's like what's happening, what's being described is something inconceivable, right? So when when the inconceivable, we try to put the inconceivable, that which is beyond language, beyond logic, into logical language, it's going to fall apart, and so. The, our danger is we, we don't want to dismiss it, but we don't want but we don't want to get caught on get caught in it. And we can see we can we can have we can have wars over some little distinction of these things, right? Joseph Campbell says that uh, uh, we our danger is we read we we should be reading it as poetry and we read and we're, we're reading it as prose, right? And then we get caught, right? We miss the we miss the larger sometimes the larger point. Uh, but there's also another danger if we take it too symbolically and not real. Then we then then we lose its spiritual power also. There's a, a wonderful Vaishnava saint, uh, Varshana Swami, who uh, lives in New Vrindavan, wonderful soul. Uh, uh, and that's a point he made to me one time. He says that that because I was asking him, he says that these stories seem to be so full of myth, uh, metaphorical, symbolic power. He goes, oh, everything all through. He says, he says, but the danger is if you don't think it's true, the metaphor doesn't work. Like for instance, we'll see all these demons will be born that will try to attack Krishna, and Krishna will kill them. Just thinking of these demons, each demon has a symbolic. This represents lack of faith. This represents ego. This represents false guru. This represents, and one by one, these things are removed, right? But if we just take, oh, the ancient story where they had some story where some Krishna, the uh, mythological character killed another mythological character, that represents nothing. Our our faith is not our our lack of faith isn't destroyed, right? Our view of the guru isn't isn't enhanced. Is you know, it's like nothing, nothing changes. Right? If you don't take it as real, 
We have to take it bigger than, more real than, more real than history, more true than history, more real than the story, right? It's it's. What's their first word? Satyavrata, Satyaparamtri. I mean, they don't even know, they're not even making grammatical sense. Just, just, you are the truth, you are the truth, you are the truth, you are the truth. To you, whatever that is, we bow. Right? And who's speaking? The, the, uh, uh, Brahma, Shiva, Narada, all the Rishis, all, and all the gods, and all the uh, attendant subsidiary deities. A lot. <laughs> what time is it now? Let's see what. Okay, we can go a little another verse here. So, uh, 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 so then they give a very nice, uh, uh, also to show you that we have to understand things a little bit metaphorically, because the next verse is has to be summed a hundred percent. It's I mean it's a clear metaphor. It's like it starts. Ayanaha. So actually, the the final is a long uh, verse, but it says, "Adi vrikshaha." Adi means original, right? A primordial original. Vrikshaha means plant or tree, right? So now it's going to tell there's an, the original tree. Now this tree is we're going to find out is this body? It's this body or this world, right? The material world is the original tree. Eka an ayanaha. It has one source. Now it's going it's, it's, we're going to learn how. Everybody's got to learn how to count to uh, 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 to twelve today, twelve to uh, ten today, right? Because it's going to be it has one this and two of this and three of this and four of this and five of this and like, you know. It's also showing how the one becomes the many. This is the whole. This is the expansion of the three antra, the three chakra. You know, it has one source, one bindu, right? So, what is the source of this body? What is the source of this world? We could say, oh, it's pakriti. That's one thing. That's a simple thing. It's pakriti, right? But in the next verse it says, you are that source. Right, you are the one source. So it's not just Pakriti; it's that that, that infinite consciousness, that Satya, 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 Tri Satya. Right. Um, so this source, who are we? Okay, all this we're trying to understand who he is and what's going to be born, uh, who's manifesting in the womb of Devaki, seemingly. So it's a, it's so we have to understand what is this world? Who, who are we? This body, this world, this is like a, the original tree. Right. In the Gita, it also says this body is like an upside-down tree, right? right? It says there's an upside-down tree, its roots are in the sky, and the branches are down below, right? You know, so the roots are, uh, this is, here we are, this is this whole world, these roots are, are in, in Brahman, and the branches go out into, the, into matter, down below, right? I remember Swami Sahajananda, remember that Swami Sahajananda, that wonderful South Indian Swami used to go to Irene's house, that wonderful, he says, oh, this, you have to think of our brain. Our spine is like that. Our brain is here, and the whole nervous system hangs down. Even physically, where our roots are, are uh, we're rooted here, and we come out this way. He interpreted it that way also, right? But our roots are in. Are in, in uh, so here, the root, our root, the the root of this tree, our tree of our reality, is one, right? We're all our root is in one, either Prakriti or or Brahman or here here called Bhagavan, right? Ikka ayanaha, asho aso that tree. Dvi palam, palaha, right? It has two fruits. So this one has one source and two fruits. What could be the, the two fruits? How looking? <laughs> uh, he's, he sits next to me. This, uh, he also helped me translate it, but he, you missed this. You didn't see this, this part. Uh, uh, so there's a different way. We can, if we interpret it just uh, uh, the common way, and all three translations have it, have it, general thing. The three fruits, uh, we, uh, the two fruits in the world, the one enters the world of duality. 
right? So if we take it uh, tantrically and symbolically or, or Swisankhya and the, the one reality in that Bindu, the source, the Bindu, within the Bindu, actually the Bindu is not a dot. We look in the Yantra, the center of everything, it looks like a dot. If you look at the dot, it's not a dot, it's two dots, right? And so in tantric theolo- uh, philosophy, uh, one, which we all, that's consciousness, awareness. Awareness of what? Consciousness, awareness has to have awareness of something. Even if it's only one, it has to. It, the, the one reality requires two. Right? So, so that's, in Tantra we say it's Prakash and Vimarsha. Right? Prakash, the light of awareness, and Vimarsha, the fact which reflects itself. Reflects it, right? So I didn't actually, I didn't translate this way, but it's coming inspired by... Uh, 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 so, but it, it can't be two. Because if you have, if one requires two, but two requires three, if you have awareness and the thing you're awareness aware, then you have you have the person who's aware, the object of awareness, then you have awareness. So automatically you have three. So in the dot, as soon as you see the dot, the dot, the dot is actually two dots. It's Shiva and Shakti, right here described as the uh, male symbol and the female symbol, right? Or Shiva or not Shiva Lingam, Shiva and Shakti. It's not one. It's one, but it's two, right? But as soon as there's two, there are three, right? So you have you end up with a triangle. Right in the center of, of, a, of a yantra, you have a, that, the triangle. The one, the one, the dot actually is two. That two automatically expands into three. Once you have three, then the, the triangle <laughs> starts expanding. Because then you have what are the three? You have three satyam. The, the, within the three, you have past, present, and future. You have objects, uh, subject, and 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 uh, and, and uh, you have knower, known, and 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 uh, uh, knowledge. Right? You have sattva, rajas, and tamas. Right, you have a a u m. You have I mean, every possible trinity of Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. You have Icha Shakti, Jnana Shakti, Kriya Shakti. The power of will, the power of knowledge, and the power of 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 of, of, not, of uh, uh, action. Right, all of these trinities begin to come. Right, okay. so ek, that tree has one source and two fruits. So that said, in the, the that's way of describing the one becoming the world of duality, that first step in the world duality. That first step of the world duality also is our experiential duality, and what are heat and cold, pleasure and pain, birth and death, success and failure, honor and dishonor. Right? You do the commentary say shukha and dukkha, happiness and misery. That's simple. Middle of the world of duality, the one in the world that has two fruits. Our fruits are world. The, the result of all this is that we were stuck in the world of duality, which is misery and happiness. Sometimes happy, kubi, what is it? Kubi, kubi kuchi, kubi kuchi, kubi kuchi, kubi the famous Hindi movie. I never saw it, but I like the name. Sometimes happy, sometimes miserable. That's our experience. Neither all the time happy, or our fruit, we always have these two types of fruit. Three mulaha. One source, two fruits, three roots. So once the one becomes two, becomes three. Right, what are the three roots? Right? These are the three gunas, right? Or all the trinities, but here it usually describes the three gunas, Raja Guna, Tamaguna and Sattvaguna. Chattu Rasaha and a tree has roots, it has flower, it has uh, it also has uh, rasa means sap. Right? So what are the, has four here has four rasas. Now we can only guess what because this text doesn't say what these things are. The commentators have said we know this 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 type of um, uh, metaphor is told many many times where it's more explicit. So we're filling in the details. Oh, there's many times there's the four rasas of life and the four three roots of life and the, you know we pull it all together to create uh, try to understand this this verse. Trimula uh, chaturasaha. It says the four essences the four essences of life of this world are the four uh, purushartas the four goals of life as per Vedic tradition. That's dharma, artha, kama, moksha. 
right? Uh, duty or righteousness, uh, enjoyment. These are the goal, the things that, that the, the essences of life, the goals of life, right? Uh, enjoyment, uh, prosperity, and ultimately moksha, liberation, the four goals. Dharma, kama, artha, moksha, pancha, viddaha. Viddaha means extensions, right? So here in a tree would probably be like big like limbs or br- big limbs, you would say, right? What are the five extensions? So one of the things begins to extend, right? And reach out. What are, what are the giant, these big trees? It starts as a little seed, starts growing, 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 right? And as, as it's trying to do these four rasas, trying to get what it wants, right? Dharma, kama, artha, and moksha, it begins to extend itself. Though the extension is called prana, right? So the five pranas, right? Prana, apana, udana, yana, and samana, right? The five basic prana the five uh, 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 these are the energetic stretching out where we extend our pranic bodies extend considerably high more than, than than our physical body right sat atma atmam here okay again, we don't have six souls here atma means living force right so s- five uh, biological impetuses six biological impetuses right that's these are considered uh, I forget the name of this group is, but it, they're, they're hunger. Th- these are th- the six transformations of life. Right? Everything that's born goes through six transformations, right? And that is uh, 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 hunger, thirst, sorrow, infatuation, old age, death. Things are constantly moving with anything. So these are the next step, right? Sapta twak. Twak means skin. So that's in, in a tree. It could be it's a What's the skin of a tree? Bark, right? Or skin. So this body has seven layers of skin. And we also have layers of skin in, the, in, in Ayurveda. These are called the, uh, the uh, datus, right? Our skin, blood, fat, uh, muscle, bone, marrow, and sexual juice. These are the five, seven. Ashta, uh, ashta vitta, vittapaha. Vittapaha means branches, right? We have eight branches. These eight branches are the... Uh, 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 the five elements, earth, fire, water, air, ether, and three subtle elements, mind, intelligence, and ego, right? Manas, buddhi, ahamkara. That mentioned the Gita. Krishna says there's, uh, uh, there's um, uh, four, five gross elements and three subtle elements. So these are the, these are the, the uh, branches, nine branches. No, no, nine, uh, and then nava, akshaha nine crevices nine holes that there's holes in the tree we also this body has nine holes two eyes two nostrils two ears mouth uh, uh, genital and, and and anus the body is of nine holes right so, uh, Prakash told the story there was a wonderful holy man that we used to have more we haven't seen him in a while named Shankaracharya Tantric Devati and he comes one of our big pujas comes up to Prakash he says oh you're a very you're a very holy man he goes, no, Samaji, I'm not a very holy man. I'm like, no, 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 no. I know you're a very holy man. And so, trying to be humble when a holy man tells you you're a holy man, it's like, you know, you're a holy man. I'm not a holy man. So he kept playing the humble part. And no, no, Samaji, I'm trying, but I'm no, no. You're a very holy man. I know for a fact you're a holy man. And finally, he realized that this is we're not winning this argument. He goes, what do you mean, Samaji? You have nine holes. <laughs> so it's based upon the same type of thing. Yeah, this body is full of holes. So. <laughs> You're very holy. You're all holy. Everybody here is holy men and holy women. I'm very happy to be surrounded by such holy people. <laughs> all right. Uh, 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 das, dasa, 
chaddi. Chaddi means covering or like these covering, like the covering of a tree is leaves. So it has its layers of coverings or leaves. To, to, to stretch the metaphor, right? The ten leaves or coverings of leaves are the five jnanendriyas and the five karmendriyas, the organs of action and the organs of knowledge, right? Hearing, smelling, walking, you know, these type of things, right? Right? So the original, the original tree has one source, two fruits, three roots, four saps, five branches, six life functions, seven coverings, eight branches, nine crevices, and ten coverings. Now we all know what this is. This is a very nice... That's why I think I don't think I'm, I'm not going to be too criticized if I, if I overly uh, go symbolic on these verses. Because it's obviously... It's this is a clear metaphor. Other things are not as... are, are, are more hidden. Right? Uh, uh. And dvi, dvi kagaha. Dvi, there, within that tree, now we go back to two. Right? So if we, we've seen this analogy in the Upanishads of a tree with two things in it. Remember? The two birds? There is in a, it says there, this body is, a, is like a tree with two birds. Right? A, a beautiful plumage. It, I forget what Upanishad is. One of the Upanishads, the story is that. Right, you know, the, remember, you're fully recognizing, right? It says one of them jumps around and eats from bitter fruit and uh, the two fruits that are there, the world of duality, right? One of them uh, eats sometimes good fruit, sometimes bad fruit. When it eats good fruit, it dances like anything. When it eats bad fruit, it weeps like anything. Life is full of suffering, right? Uh, but the other bird, right, it simply doesn't, it's simply always the same. Once in a while, in all this eating and suffering and crying and weeping and smiling and dancing, the lower bird looks up and sees that beautiful bird, a beautiful plumage. He goes, what, who is that that's not crying and weeping? But then, again, a piece of fruit dangles and it eats that and it suffers and it gets sick and it likes and like this, right? And, but, but when it sees it, it takes a few jumps up towards those, those branches. And then again, it gets distracted by another set of the dualistic fruit. And then again, it looks up and says, that beautiful bird. Right, and eventually it goes up and it becomes one with that bird, right? So it's a story that, that it says that one in the symbolism of that symbolism, which the same metaphor is being told, it says that that's Atman, the Jivatman, and Paramatman. Within this body, there's two, also Krishna says in this body there's two souls. There's Patma, Atman, Jivatman, the individual soul, and Paramat, supreme soul. I exist in everything as the supreme soul, and it's very subtle like that. So within this this whole body of, of, of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten has two residents, right? Two, uh, two birds. And why the word here says kagaha. Kaga, ka means sky, right? So here's a word for bird meaning that which flies in the sky, right? But ka is beautiful. It means ether. It means sky, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful um, um, thing about the meaning of it. It's like that, that these two that live in the tree, their nature, they're landed in the tree. Right? Birds only land in trees. They rest in a tree. Their nature is to fly. We, what's the glory of it? When you think of what, what is the characteristic nature of a bird? It flies in the air. Its nature is to fly. It can do other things, but we think of it, it thinks it flies. So the word here is, the, bird, the word for bird is air or sky. Right? So it's very, very, so as also our nature is not bound by this body of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, of, of, of all these elements and categories. Right? Our nature is to fly. Right? And of course, God's nature is the sky itself, right? There's two birds, right? Uh, that is Adi, Adi Vrikshaha, the original tree, 
right? This tree, right? Then the next verse is Twam Eka. Twam, you, or that, pointing to God or to the womb of, of, of uh, maybe remember the, the gods are all praying, to the womb of, of Devaki. Uh, you are that um, uh, Eka, you are the one. What one? Eva, indeed. You indeed are that what? Asya Sattaha. Asya of this Satta, of this truth, of this world, right, of this reality. Prastutihi. You are the source. You are the source of this world, of this tree, right? Right? Twam Sanhi Dhanam. You are its resting place. Twam Anugraha. Anugraham means mercy or, or, or grace, but also means protector, right? So you are you are you are the source of this tree, of this body, of this world. You are the sustainer. You are the reality that this tree, body, and world live in, right? And you are the one. You are the ultimate the protector, and the one who gives mercy and, and love and 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 and, and uh, uh, grace to this to to this world, right? He says, "You are, you are. The, it's all one. There's one source of everything. That's now. This is the one we're praying to, and we in, in the womb of Deva. Now who's in the womb? First in the in the mind of of, of, of Asudeva. Now in the womb of Devaki. Right? He says, uh, uh, That my, but some people." Their minds are covered with Maya, right? His Maya also, right? Parshanti na na They don't see the one. They see instead na uh, na uh, 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 many, right? You are the one, but those whose minds are covered in Maya, they see many. They see more than one. They see, uh, or they don't see. They don't see the one. That's a better way of saying it. Right. The truth is, it's all. There's one source. There's one foundation, and there's one one source of grace. But the people whose minds are covered, they don't see. They don't see the. They see the many. Na vipa vipaschita ye. But not those who are vipat who are wise. The wise see only this one. All right. We'll end there I, because people are coming. I have a couple more verses. We'll start next week. It's a good place actually. But I'll leave off a second. Um, uh, 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 uh. So it's really said in this hymn, these hymns of Brahma and the other devas, there's a lot of philosophy, mm. right? You see, the stories, uh, 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 the stories themselves have philosophy, in, in, as we say in the in Bible. But then in the middle of the stories, these that, that are that are take these high philosophical Vedantic truths and yogic reality truth and tell them in, in simple stories and anybody charming stories that anybody can think about. But even within those charming stories, we can think about is super high philosophy. So <laughs> this text, because this text is called Paramahansa Samhita. It's meant for Paramahansas, right? The highest, uh, but it's approachable to everybody. Everybody can read. Everybody who doesn't love Krishna, who doesn't love this story, it's so charming. Just hearing the story, we benefit, right? It says just hearing with love and devotion, the story it awakens love and devotion. But somebody, but to the Paramahansas, to the Rishis, to the sages, the highest philosophy is also taught. The highest sentiment, the most pure, innocent, simple, highest sentiment, as well as the highest uh, uh, flights of philosophy, yogic knowledge. Uh, 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 is, is, is told in these incredible stories. Any questions or comments? Oh. Well, there was an amazing bird in that tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which tree? 
This tree? Really? It was yellow. Just, we just see. <laughs> there was two birds in that tree. You only saw one. That tree has a, uh, that has two birds with one source and two <laughs> fruits and three never roots seen and a four. Like four forests. Bright Okay, that comes that comes only for a few days every year. I know that uh, 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 that tree. I don't know if yeah, it's the same it's bird, but that yeah. it's a migratory bird. We've seen it years ago. Remember here we used to have some uh, cactus little garden. Yeah. Remember we had the uh, there was. I remember that bird came and it was eating carefully, landing on all these spikes. Would come and eat certain flowers or or, or uh, pollen from those flowers. I remember. Yeah, I've seen it. We catch a glimpse of it every couple of years, but it only comes like we see it for three four days and then. I think it's a migratory yeah, passage. It's like a yeah, it's exquisite. So I'm glad you saw it. I want to see it. I saw that the quails are back also. Oh. Yeah, yesterday <laughs> the quails came back. So very wonderful, wonderful. And so today is also we're in the middle of well not the middle in the beginning of Navaratri, the spring Navaratri. This is the Vashanta Navaratri, a very auspicious nine night worship of the of the goddess. And so we don't do in the fall Navaratri we do more elaborate uh, functions. In the spring Navaratri, we just, you know, just a time, a little extra bhajan, and we do this, every night, auspicious, but a, a, a very auspicious night, auspicious day. Um, and uh, we just finished, yesterday was the, uh, yesterday? Yesterday was the uh, equinox. Yeah, the equinox. So that's also very important. The equinox is when, in nature, the, the day and night are at equal length. Right, that's Ida. It's again the sun and moon, Ida and Pingala. When those things, so that happens in nature. That hap- we're trying to do that in, inside, right? So yogic uh, sadhana. But sometimes the outside world reflects or supports what's, what we're trying to do inside. So it's a great op- these times, the sun, these periods of Sundays. It's like now is also a Sunday. Sun and moon, the day and night are union, are together at least. But during the spring uh, equinox and 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 and. Autumn equinox, day and night are equal, very very auspicious. So everything is in externally, everything's balanced. That's re- that's so we can find hopefully, and also when we get Ida and Pingala are, e- are, are it's not balance is not the goal. Something to be awakened, right? Something when Ida and Pingala are thing, then Kundalini awakens. So that's their ultimate goal. Some uh, a third a, th- uh, a, a third current awakens at this time. Jai Jagadambe, Jai Ma, Jai Thakur.